Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Have you ever desperately wanted to get back at somebody who was a micromanager? We'll get to that in a bit, but first, how I don't listen to women ended in unemployment. I'm a woman in retail merchandising, which skews male in terms of employment statistics. Most guys I work with are okay, but as the company I started with literally took anyone who was signing on the day the recruiter visited the job center, that's how they got me, and the agencies we use to bulk numbers are even less picky, some of the guys are not ideal co-workers. This story is about one of those. On many of our jobs, there's a no smoking in the delivery yard rule. Unless that's where the smoking shelter is, you don't smoke out there. One client doesn't allow smoke breaks between 11pm and 6am either, which irritates many of my coworkers due to the high level of nicotine addicts among them. If you get caught slipping into the yard for a crafty one, you're removed from the job and possibly even the contract if you're a frequent offender. Cue this guy, we'll call him Puff. He's a smoker with an attitude towards health and safety that had already seen him kicked off multiple contracts. For things like climbing, racking, or throwing things that should not really be yeeted in the direction of other people. On this occasion, I was the only woman on the team, and the only non-smoker. As a non-smoker, I had more freedom of movement than the guys. I was the only one allowed to take trolleys out the front door. You don't realize how many shopping trolleys, carts, a store has until you've used almost all of them to empty three aisles of stock that are being moved around and the only one allowed out unsupervised in the yard. Now, no one liked Puff. He was rude and a nightmare to be around and he was a jerk towards women. I don't listen to women, he'd been heard to say and the team leader knew it but he had to be caught misbehaving by the store manager before he could be removed from sight. One of the things we needed to do, because the fitters couldn't be bothered, was throw the old shelves and brackets in the skip. This thing was an industrial one, nearly twice my height, and the end was closed. You had to throw things into it. Shelves are metal, and these ones were about 5 feet wide and 25 inches deep. I could lift them and maneuver them into place, but throwing them that high solo? Not a chance. The guys could manage it though. I was always sent out with one of the guys and told to make sure they didn't smoke, wink wink. The team leader and most of the guys knew I would turn a blind eye to a quick few drags in the shadow of the skip, but everyone was getting fed up of Puff and his attitude problem. So the team leader sent me off with another pallet of mixed shelves and brackets, which were light enough for me to throw, and sent Puff trailing after me. Puff was happy to do so, realizing it was an opportunity to suck down some nicotine. Only, instead of ducking behind the skip, where he'd be out of sight of both the cameras and the warehouse door, he leaned against it in full sight of both and sparked up. I said, you know, you might want to go around the back so you're not spotted. I don't listen to women, was the predictable reply. And he leaned there, slowly smoking in plain sight. I saw movement in the warehouse, a silhouette by the rack of the store's high-vis yardware. I said nothing, 
What do you think you're doing? You're not allowed to smoke out here. Why are you letting him smoke? I said, he doesn't listen to women. The manager, needless to say, didn't want Puff to even finish the shift. And with most clients having red carded him for various reasons, he was asked to find alternative employment. Too bad the person asking him to find alternative employment was a woman. Therefore, they didn't listen and they're still trying to this day. Just kidding, they're probably kicking rocks somewhere and picking up cigarette butts to just get one little hit of nicotine. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, apartment manager doesn't take cash for a two-cent bill. Malicious compliance ensues. In 2019, I moved from an apartment complex in Celebration, Florida, to a condo. As usual, when you move out of an apartment, you get a final bill, which includes your last month's prorated rent, deductions for damages, security deposit refunds, and the like. We paid it. The next month, I get a call from my wife, who says we've got a follow-up bill in the mail from the apartment management company for two cents. We're both in the tech field, so we laughed at this company's IT department, didn't catch the edge case of spending 50 cents in postage to collect two cents in revenue. But it happens. My wife prints out a copy of the bill, I grab two cents from the change jar. The apartment complex is on my daily drive, so I swing by the office. I walk in and tell the manager that I want to pay my last bill. I say, it's two cents, here's the bill, and I have the two cents if you want it. The manager says, we don't take cash, nothing else. There was an awkward pause. I say, I don't expect you to take cash, I expect us both to have a laugh about how silly computer systems are and for you to write off the two cents, because it would cost you more to process the payment. She says, I'm not going to do that. Again, awkward pause. I say, so you want me to write you a check for two cents and mail it? And you're going to process that check? The manager says, yes. Send us a check and we'll process it. And then walks back into her office to end the conversation. So I go home and set up an automatic monthly bank payment to my apartment complex for three cents. And then because I'm a programmer, I write some code to send a letter once per month saying, I'm so sorry, I've overpaid my bill. Please send me a check for the overpayment. And I use an online service that sends postcards in ridiculous sizes up to around 18 inches by 24 inches, figuring that'll be my escalation strategy. The first of the next month, I get a call from the apartment company's regional manager. After introducing himself, the next two minutes were the most sincere, oh god, we made a mistake, please don't do this, we'll never contact you again, apology anyone could have hoped for. I stopped the mail and never heard from them again. Did I spend several hours on malicious compliance for two cents? Yes. Was it worth it? Absolutely. Any company and any manager that is so stubborn as to say, yes, we are clearly going to lose money and we've already lost money on these two cents, but we still want you to send it in. Well, I think they just deserve exactly everything that went on here. I mean, imagine how much time was spent on wages for that regional manager just to spend it calling OP, apologizing. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. They probably spent more than two cents on that regional manager using their time to do that call. Our next story is how I won back part-time work by following my employer's attendance policy. I suffer with chronic pain, currently investigating the possibility of endometriosis. My employer had been very helpful and kind with reasonable adjustments up until recently. I'd been working part-time as walking is now so difficult that I use crutches and it's impossible for me to complete my full nine hours without a flare-up that'll take me days to recover from. I returned to work after a surgery, and they blindsided me and told me that I must go back to full-time, as it's unfair on the rest of the workers that they've bent over backwards for me, which they have to do by law, and I really did not ask for much, and my health should be totally fine now that I've had a surgery. So I followed protocol and received a sick note from the doctor that suggested part-time hours to prevent flare-ups and time off. They refused. I did one full shift and then could not turn up to work. On UK sick notes, if the section may be fit for work is ticked and the employer cannot fulfill those suggestions of adjustments, you are automatically considered unfit for work and the sick note remains valid. This is stated on the sick note itself and on the ACAS website, a site and helpline that discloses employee rights in the UK. I emailed about this and explained and asked if they would consider the sick note valid. They told me I would need a new sick note. They just wanted a sick note that said I was outright unfit for work to cover their butts as they knew there was absolutely no reason to refuse part-time when I had already been doing it with no issues. I called in every day as protocol required, but the voicemail system for calling in was disabled, so I was unable to. I sent them links and screenshots to the ACAS website, but the lady I was emailing refused to read them. I was told the company must follow the attendance policy. I was asked rudely if I had read it. I explained that nowhere in the attendance policy does it mention this kind of situation, just that I would need the note and I'd already supplied the note. I also asked what their reasons were to refuse these adjustments under the Equality Act in 2010. This is similar to the US's ADA. Under this, I am considered disabled as I have a condition that's impacted my daily life for over 12 months. And this email was completely ignored. I received a call from HR yesterday and I was asked if I could definitely return to work under part-time hours and if I would not have to go home due to flare-ups. I told them yes and explained that without the crutches, I struggled to complete the week at part-time, but with them, I can do this with no problem. Full-time, even with the crutches, flares me up to the point where I'm still recovering from that full shift I did last Monday. 
She accepted this and told me that I could resume work on Monday at part-time hours and she would let the lady I was emailing know that this was the case now. They wanted me to follow the attendance policy, so I did. It just didn't work out the way they wanted it to. I call that checkmate. I know full well they're trying to push me out, and I'm okay with that as this job's now a drain on my mental health with the way they've spoken to me and treated me. However, being the petty witch I am, I'll be making it extremely difficult for them and causing as much strife for them as they have for me. All according to the law and their policies, of course. I mean, I know it's kind of different in the UK, but this is the kind of thing where if it happened in the US, you go straight to threatening legal action. For them to go and try to withhold hours from you, try to keep you at home, keep you sidelined while they basically ignore you, that should not fly. That said, our final story of the day is micromanagement metrics. This was a few years ago, but it's my favorite double malicious compliance I've ever done. I work in wireless sales and they use a social media style texting app to attempt to keep employees engaged with all other sales associates company wide. When they introduced it, they did so under an assumption that using it would be completely optional. That pretty much backfired because almost nobody was using it, or they weren't using it as intended. At this point, I had a really blowhard district manager who thought he should be idolized by the management and sales associates below him. When he noticed nobody was really using it, he decided to put pressure on all of his store managers by saying if their employees didn't use it, it showed a lack of inspirational leadership on the part of the store managers as a way of guilting us all into using it so he would become number one in usage. At this point, my store manager just asked us to use it so he would be left alone. Fine. Malicious compliance number one. I hated and still hate the expectation that I should be required to shout out sales from my store. To me, it's like we were all hired to do a job. Management doesn't think we can do said job we were interviewed and hired for, so they need constant visibility on sales. Fine. I created a generic shout out. Employees sold item, and then they accompanied the message with the most condescending good job gif I could find. That part worked, and our district manager was mostly off our butt about that for the remainder of his tenure with us, which thankfully wasn't much longer after all this started. From that point, we all thought we were in the clear from constantly needing to use the app. We were wrong. The interim district manager, a store manager who was trying to get the position so he was doing the work of a store manager for his store and the district manager for our district, was so much worse. He found a way to run a report that would break down each individual's app usage and the amount of messages they would put in the chat. He began putting that info out in the district-wide emails, calling out the lower 25% as needing to do better with engagement. Of course, I was almost always on the bottom because I only put my generic message and gif into the chat when sales happened. I was never engaged with other people in threads or direct chats because I didn't care. Cue malicious compliance number two. Since now it became purely a numbers game to the interim district manager, I played the numbers. After the first few weeks of those emails where I was at the bottom, I decided to try something. I found a chat message that nobody replied to from earlier in a week that the report wasn't run for, and then picked a lyrically heavy song. In my first attempt, it was Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, 
and proceeded to reply to that chat in an individual thread, one word per message at a time, until the entire song was put into the thread. Sure enough, at the end of that week, I jumped from nearly dead last in usage to exponentially more than anyone else in usage. The interim DM never questioned it or checked why I jumped so high so fast. Every week I would pick a new song and type it out word by word in a blank chat thread, and every week I would be shouted out for my exemplary app usage and how more people should be engaged as much as I was. We still use a chat app and we're still voluntold that we have to be engaging in it, but I'm back to my generic message with the same gif over and over anytime there's a sale since that interim never became our DM and the new ones don't check the usage report anymore. Sales are dumb. Metrics are dumber. When the metric becomes the goal over the actual sale, the metric is the problem. Let's be real here. Even if you love your coworkers, you're not going to work to try to make friends. You shouldn't work with friends or family, and it's kind of weird to try to force this friendly banter engagement thing. And especially if you have to try to force the employees to use it, nobody's going to, like, embrace it, right? Who's going to be told, you better use this thing, and go and be like, hey guys, let's hang out. They're literally going to go full Marshawn Lynch, I'm just here so I don't get fined. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 